Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to AudiblePodcast.com slash TechStuff. Hi there, everybody, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor at How Stuff Works. Sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. It's good to see you all, except we can't see you. And you can't see us. But, uh, you know, there's always that other medium yes. on which we're not. But uh, I think the uh, <laughs> the public is <laughs> familiar with the... This uh, is as smooth as it, it gets. I that. know. I'm just tripping all okay, over Okay. You know what? We're g- I'm going to just take over from here. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about televisions, HDTVs, flat panels. Specifically, we're going to talk about LCDs versus plasma displays. And um, if if you're like me, you know, if you've ever gone into an electronics store and you see that huge wall of televisions, mm. you may wonder like, all right, well, I see there's some of them are plasma. Some of them are LCD. What's the difference? Does it does it make a difference? Um, and what's the best choice for me? And which one can I afford and can have installed in my house later this afternoon? Which one's going to allow me to have <laughs> the largest possible TV for the least amount of money? That's usually the the way I go. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah I don't think you're alone. 
No, no, I think that's pretty common. But of course, there are other things to c- take into consideration. Like bigger is not always better. For one thing, you want to make sure you have the best picture quality and you want to, you know, there, it also depends on what kind of stuff you like to watch on television because some displays are better at showing certain kinds of action than others. Well, um, I guess then it comes down to what kind of technology will do that for you. And, um, you know, most of us, uh, grew up with CRTs, the cathode ray tube. Right. Um, those are the bigger TVs that, uh, certainly not flat panel, but, right. you know, they had a pretty good picture because they were using an electron gun to uh, illuminate phosphors on the back of the TV screen. And that produced a really clear picture. And, and in fact, there are some, uh, technophiles who would argue that they still provide the best picture, that the picture from one of those sets, like an HDTV set that's, uh, that uses the, that technology is actually superior to plasma or LCD. But they don't really make a whole lot of HD cathode ray tube sets. I mean, no. They're, they're giant. No. They're, they, yeah, they're they so They take up big. a lot of space. Exactly. And and that's, that's part of the uh, issue here is that once people started seeing these flat panel displays, you know, they're really sexy and sleek. And, you know, you can just imagine having this really kind of high tech looking uh, entertainment center with this as the centerpiece. Um, that's got a very, you know, enticing appeal to it. And yeah, you might be able to get a better picture on a larger uh, machine, but you know, you kind of balance it all out. Like, well, what's more important to me? Is it more important to have the really sleek machine that still looks amazing or to have the absolute best uh, visual performance? And um, I think a lot of people, you know, they, you know, they, they tend to go to the flat panel. For one thing, it's been marketed as like the top of the line in, uh, in displays. So uh, it's part of that has to do with marketing, but I mean, you can't underestimate the the appeal of that that thin wall mounted you know display. That's true. That's true. Well, um, there have been a lot of different technologies that people have used to create the thinner or even flat panel displays. I mean, there are um, you know OLEDs, the organic light emitting diodes. There yeah. are um, you know the DLP, LCOS, you know a bunch of stuff. But it really comes down to well, at least for the most part. Plasma versus LCD. Right. Yeah, I think uh, OLEDs will probably be something we'll see more of in the future. But right now, um, the technology is still pretty new. Uh, so the, the sets that are out there are very small, like around 11 inches is yep. pretty much it. And they're very, very expensive. Um, but those, they're also wafer thin. And, and they're, they're super duper they're thin. They're wafer thin. Uh, I knew you were going to do that. Wafer thin and they are beautiful, let me tell you. <laughs> And um, you could even uh, you could even make them so that they're um, flexible. Yeah, you could bend them around things. If I mean, granted, you, know, you have to build that into it. It's not like every set's going to bend around everything. But um, it's really cool technology. But it's still brand new, comparatively speaking. And so it's uh, for most of us prohibitively expensive. So LCDs and plasma. Let's get down to the brass tacks, as it were. All right then. So let's talk a little bit about the technologies behind these. Um, I'm just going to do kind of a quick high level thing here. Okie dokie. Uh, chime in whenever you like. All right. So liquid crystal displays uses this stuff called liquid crystals. <laughs> it's, it acts kind of like a liquid, kind of like a solid. Um, and it's a, it's essentially two glass plates with a layer of these liquid crystals in between. And by applying electricity to this layer, that's what you allow light through. Uh, to create the pictures. And so these televisions are backlit. There's a light source behind this uh, layer of liquid crystals that provides all the light you see on the television. 
Plasma displays use an ionized gas. That's what plasma is. It's a gas that can conduct electricity. And it lights up only when there are, uh, when there's something to show on the screen. So there's no backlight there. It's just, uh, uh, uh electricity activating this gas to create light. So, uh, you don't, you don't have a constant backlight like, like you do with LCDs. And that becomes important in a minute. Yeah. The, uh, the neat thing about the plasma is that, um, when you introduce some free, uh, atomic particles into these plasma, uh, atoms, they basically excite the different atoms by replacing electrons and it and makes them bounce around. And when they do that, they give off light. Um, so it's, uh, it's sort of an atomic reaction. Yeah. You're you talking about actually subatomic, really, because you're talking about electrons and photons here. This is quantum stuff. Ooh. You're watching quantum TV. It's pretty awesome. I, I, I really want to make a quantum leap joke, but, uh, Okay, well, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I think that's a bit dated anyway. True. So anyway, so the, we mentioned the backlight for LCDs. Now that, that's one of the big differences between the LCD displays and the plasma displays. This can affect something that is called contrast ratio. If you ever start shopping for TVs, especially flat panels and HD TVs, you'll, you'll likely run into a lot of, uh, a talk about contrast ratios. And well, what is a contrast ratio? It's the difference between the essentially the whitest whites and the blackest blacks that that display can show. So the bigger that number, like say say you're, say it's one thousand to one, uh, the bigger that number is, the more colors it can show. The better the blacks are going to be, the better the contrast is. So a fifty thousand to one is a much better uh, contrast ratio. And in general, plasma screens show blacks better than LCDs. And that's because, that, like we said, there's no backlight on a plasma. So if you want to watch a lot of movies, for example, a lot of really like kind of, uh, you know, dark, grim movie type things, let's say you want to watch The Dark Knight, there are a lot of blacks in that movie. You know, the, you, you get like the the black of the night, you get the black of the Batman costume, you get the black of the, the, the car, all of these things. Um, Varying degrees of black. Exactly. Yeah. It goes and from. If you're going to see the difference between them. It's sort of a pastel to... black. <laughs> Contrast. So, um, yeah. For you Spinal Tap fans out there, all it's right. a pastel black. But, uh, the, yeah, the, if you have a, a, a screen that can show a very good contrast ratio, a very wide contrast ratio, you'll be able to see all that clearly. They're not going to blend into one another. Uh, it's not going to look blocky or anything like that. Um, so plasma screens are really good at that. Uh, LCDs are are getting better, but traditionally they were seen as not being very good as far as the contrast ratio goes. But that's changing. Yeah, that's changing. There there are a lot of improvements in that field. Right. There are, and and there are other chain, things that traditionally were different between plasma and LCD that are increasingly becoming non uh, factors because the the improvements in the technology have reached a point where. It's it's getting harder and harder to, t- to tell the difference. Now, if you look at a lot of people's top, you know, top uh, television lists, I think you'll probably see more plasmas than LCDs even now, uh, because that's the general consensus. Consensus is that they show more vibrant colors and the contrast is better. You can have um, larger sets. Larger sets. Uh, they they don't. There's there's not really a problem with blurring with fast action. Some of the older LCDs had a problem with that where if something was moving across the screen very, very quickly, uh, you could get a blurring effect. So if you were watching something that had a lot of fast action in it, like, you know, most sports, then you would get this kind of blurring effect, especially at high definitions. Um, 
Plasma didn't have that problem. Uh, but now again, with LCDs, they are, you're starting to see LCDs with like incredible refresh rates, which is how many times, uh, the television refreshes the picture that's on your screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, 120 hertz is not unheard of. And that's, that means it's refreshing at a rate of uh, like 120 times a second. It's really, really fast. And there are even faster ones coming out, uh, that I saw at CES, which were 240 hertz. So. That's- Four times a second, then. Yeah. So wow. when, you, well, two hundred forty times a second. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, oh, not four Sorry. times a second. You're Sorry. thinking you're you're dividing by uh, minutes. Um, yes. Sorry. Two hundred forty times a second. So that's so fast. I mean, we can kind of detect around like like film. I think is what like twenty four frames per second, something like that. So this is ten times that. Um, the idea here being that that it makes smoother transitions. You don't see the blurring effect with uh with really fast motions. Right. But uh. Still, plasma kind of holds the the advantage there, but it's not a not a really discernible one unless you're paying incredibly close attention. And then there's the power consumption issue. Yes, because LCDs are traditionally considered to be the more energy efficient technology. Yes, in general they are, but not as much anymore. Not as much anymore. Um, I mean, the- even I remember a few years ago that uh, uh, some communities were starting to ban the sale of new plasma televisions because they used so much energy. Right. And I can talk a little bit about why that is. Okay. Uh, the main reason is that uh, you're having to essentially shoot electricity to excite these these right. atoms, you mm-hmm. know, to, to in order to give off light. Well, even when you turn that television off, the electricity is still is still draining. You know, vampire power is what a lot of people call it. Sure. Um, because the, it has to stay ready, you exactly. know, for the, ne- for the next yeah. time you turn it on. People don't want to wait for it to warm up. Exactly. So it sits That's there and sucks down electricity even when it's not on. Mm-hmm. And and so you get a lot more draining uh, when the even when the device is turned off than you would with an LCD screen. Uh, screen. And LCDs also have to warm up. They just don't have as long a warm-up time as plasma. Mm-hmm. And we're talking when we're talking about long warm-up times, we're talking about a matter of seconds. But we've become so impatient as consumers that we expect when we put, hit that power button, we expect that screen to come on pretty darn quick. Right. So... Um, but here, I can give you one example of a time when a plasma screen will pull less electricity than an LCD. Okay. If you're watching something that's perfectly black. Oh. Because the LCD has a backlight and Good it will point. always be lit. Good point. And so the if plasma you, doesn't. So if you watch nothing but the black, or I'm sorry, if you watch nothing but the dark night. Right. Or, or Spinal Tap. Battlestar yeah. Galactica. Yeah, something like that. Then, then yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna pull less power with your plasma <laughs> display. But in general, yes, it's gonna, it's gonna, Consume more power. Now, a lot of companies have developed um, power saving techniques to reduce that. In fact, it's become more and more important. I saw a lot of that at CES as well. They had a lot of different uh, companies hooking up televisions to um, electronic meters telling you how much uh, energy it was pulling at any particular time. Mm-hmm. And they would line up previous models like Here's the, the set we released in 2005 and 2006, you know, all the way up to 2009, and then maybe even like prototype models for, for future ones. Right. And you could see that the energy consumption peaked sometime around 2007 or so, and then dramatically began to drop because that's when everyone started getting more, uh, environmentally conscious and also mm-hmm. just an idea of conserving power to save money. Right. Right. So, that um, makes sense. yeah. So that is also changing. Um, so it seems like the battle between plasma and LCD is almost becoming a moot point. It's sort of a pick the set that's best for you because in general they're all going to be about the same level of energy efficient. They're all going to show 
pretty much the same colors. Right. Of course, it's always good to have a, a professional calibrate the TV because yeah. The, yeah. looking at it in the showroom, well, it may or may not be the kind of thing. It's it's not going to look the same in your house when you right. actually get it home. It's been calibrated specifically it. for that store. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's important to calibrate it either by a professional or if you know what you're doing, you can do it yourself. Yeah, there's some televisions that actually have calibration software installed so that it uses, uh, uses light sensors to detect how much light is in your room mm-hmm. and then will calibrate the contrast and brightness and everything on its own so that right. way you get the what presumably would be the best picture for your situation. Uh, I can talk about a couple of other minor things. Okay. Um, plasma screens, they, they tend to have a, a glassy uh, display, so mm-hmm. there, it's very reflective. So in general, it's better to use a plasma display in a, in a room that has you know low lighting. So if you have a lot of bright lights, uh, plasmas tend to be really reflective. You may not be able to see what's on the screen very well. Right. Um, LCD might be better in that case because most of those have a non-reflective or matte style finish mm-hmm. on their um, on the front display. Uh, so better for your man cave is plasma. Right, which is exactly what I have. I mean, I turn all the lights off. I got the. I mean, I don't have a plasma display, <laughs> but I've got a man cave. Um, yeah, I, I turn off all the lights when I when I watch. I've actually got a rear projection TV, so I've got one of those monsters. Um, but uh, the yeah, that if you're if you're gonna watch in a dark room, plasma is a good choice. I mean, it, you're gonna get a great picture. Uh, and uh, and actually, the funny thing is, plasma is still a little less expensive than a comparable uh, LCD if you're looking at the the big big screens. Right. You know, at the on the smaller end, price is pretty much negligible. Mm-hmm. But if I'm talking about like if you're looking at 63 inches like a monster TV, plasma tends to be a little less expensive than LCD. Right. And also they do get bigger. <laughs> you can get the really big monster TVs in in plasma. Actually, I don't even know if you can find an LCD in 63 inch. You might be have to drop down to 55, but yeah, yeah. Well, uh you know, if you're done talking about plasma and LCD, wow. I do have a trump card. Do you? Yes. Hit me with it. I, I want to uh, remind you of your pet favorite TV. Are you talking about the Mitsubishi Laser View? Yes, I am. And you know, the, the manufacturer says that it, it takes one-third the power of a plasma TV and has twice the color. So, uh, But it does it with lasers, uh, which it means... It doesn't tell you that it just has twice the yellow. Twice the yellow? No, I'm, I'm, that's <laughs> just a joke. That's just a joke. Yeah, and only only twice one color. The rest <laughs> right, of it exactly. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. We have half the blues, but three times the. Yeah. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> However, it's also eight times more expensive. Uh, right. You know, because it's brand new technology. It uses lasers instead right. of, of LCDs or plasma or. And it's it's gorgeous, other. and it also is 3D ready. Yeah, but you've actually seen it. Yes, I have. And it's, it's, it's pretty beautiful. Awesome. It's, it, you know, when I first read about it, I thought I wanted one and then I saw one and I knew I wanted one. So <laughs> still want one. Not going to buy one anytime soon. <laughs> don't, don't have seven grand laying around to, to spend on it, but it, it does. It is very, a very impressive television. It's not a flat panel. No. no. Um, so it's not going to, you're not going to mount that on your wall unless you have a, you know, a real load bearing wall right there. But, uh, it's, it's definitely an impressive television. Yep. Well, I guess that uh, I don't have any more TVs. Yeah, the only thing I could talk about is burn-in, but that's not even an issue anymore. So yeah, oh I guess, yeah, plasma uh, used to have a big problem with burn-in. Yeah, that used to be a big issue. Used to if you had, let's say that you're a video gamer and you would put a game on pause for 
eight hours where you go sleep and then you come back and play some more. Uh, with, with plasma, if those colors were, were sitting there on the screen for that long, you would see, uh, like when you'd start the game, you'd see that there was a ghost image of whatever it was that was paused for those eight hours. And mm-hmm. sometimes that ghost image wouldn't go away. It was burnt into the screen for pretty much ever and ever. Um, LCD didn't really have that problem as much as it almost, almost, uh, didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's pretty much been solved too. So you don't get too many issues with plasma burn in unless, unless you're just being really extreme. Like you pause your video game and then you go on vacation for a couple of weeks. Then you might have a problem. But, you know, that's, that's, again, that's an extreme case. And that would be a, certainly not a good way to conserve electricity. No, that would not be very eco-conscious no, of you. No. I mean, I would never do that, but Paulette, I wouldn't put it past him. So anyway. <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, I've got something else we can talk about, but before we get to it, yes. I think we need to thank Mention our, sponsor. our sponsor. Yes, audible.com. Oh, yeah. If you go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash tech stuff and sign up, you'll get a free download. And they've got 50,000 books on audio as well as podcasts and, and other, uh, other products as well. And, uh, if you're like me and you listen to lots of stuff on the train, it's a great, great resource. And uh, we have a couple of picks that we'd like to talk to talk about. Um, something that uh, we could recommend as potentially your first free download. My choice would be uh, "Stuck in the Box: A Life in Local TV News." Um, if you're like me, you're a TV junkie, um, and I mean a TV news junkie. I, you know, actually did an internship in a TV newsroom when I was in college. And uh, this is by Donna McNeely, who is a former anchor, reporter, producer, and writer. Uh, she even narrates it herself, and it's gotten uh, it's gotten excellent reviews. Um, you know, only only one five star review on Audible, but I looked up the book just to see how everybody else feels about it, and it's got excellent reviews everywhere. So uh, I would definitely check that out. Wonderful. Yeah, my uh, suggestion also comes from um, uh, something that uh, I had a, a huge passion in when I was a kid and I was watching TV. Um, actually, one of my heroes, I would say. Uh, and the book is It's Not Easy Being Green and Other Things to Consider by Jim Henson, The Muppets, and Friends. And, uh, yeah, I was a huge Jim Henson fan as a kid. Um, You're still, still a huge. Still I am a huge Jim Henson fan. Uh, also come from a family of storytellers and puppeteers, so that kind of helps, too. But anyway, this book is uh, is about the man Jim Henson. It's kind of about his philosophy and and his views, and um, and I, I recommend that one. That's a that would be a. I mean, I, I want it. <laughs> Either of those, or any of fifty thousand others, could be your first free download if you sign up at www.audiblepodcast.com slash tech stuff. Okay, so uh, let's get back to my favorite segment. I'm sure it's yours as well. Uh oh. Listener mail. Oh, that's loud. Yeah, well, you know, it's we have to alert them. It's All early. Right, so, it's early yet. <laughs> this is true. So this listener mail comes from our listener Jamie McCarty. Uh, Jamie actually has a, a correction for us, which we appreciate. Jamie was very polite and um, and was also uh, praising us quite a bit in this email. But I'm going to sw- skip right to the the correction. This is about our our uh, podcast where we talked about games with GPS receivers. 
Um, GPS receivers do not transmit any information back to the satellites. The power required to transmit back to the satellites would be way too much for such small devices. Actually, the device is simply receiving encoded timestamps and up-to-date satellite constellation coordinates that provide enough information for the receiver to calculate its position. While it's possible to send out positional information, it requires a cellular, radio waves, or satellite modems, and I guess now Wi-Fi, which is which only the most sophisticated devices have. Uh, thanks, Jamie. That actually, that's that's true. Um, unless it has one of those devices, it's not going to send out any signals. It's just acting as a receiver. Otherwise, it would be a GPS transceiver. Yep, yep. So it's basically coordinating uh, the signals it receives and figuring out where you are based on, on that information. So yeah, just getting bombarded by signals all the time. Yep. As long as you're someplace where there's an open area to the sky. Aren't we all? Yes, yes. So thanks very much, Jamie. We greatly appreciate that. And if you would like to write to us, you can do so at techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And uh, if you want to learn more about LCDs and plasmas, we have plenty of information on the website. That's howstuffworks.com. And we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.